these past two weeks, I got to share this pulpit with two other preachers. And this is the text I come back to? Sheesh. Demon possession. Thanks, Mark. <sighs> this story is loud. It's challenging and confusing and disruptive. The Catholic Church has a right for this, the whole exorcism thing. But we Lutherans, well, you know, I'm not quite sure what to do about demons and spirits. And we are living in a completely different time than Jesus. Now we have medications and hospitals and doctors and care teams. We have crisis hotlines and a greater understanding of the human brain and body. And so what are we to do with this story? The scholars I turned to this week encouraged me not to look away. Do not tame Mark the storyteller. So let's dig in. We are still in the first chapter of Mark. So let me recap really quickly what's happened so far. We got John the Baptist who baptizes Jesus. And then Jesus is sent out into the wilderness, tempted by Satan. And then he comes back to Galilee, proclaiming that the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. So then Jesus recruits some disciples. And these are fishermen. We'll get Simon and Andrew and James and John. And then we get today's story where Jesus and his new recruits, their first stop is in the synagogue in Capernaum. And it begins like a normal rabbi kind of thing. Jesus is teaching, and then he is disrupted by this loud voice. What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Jesus responds to this outburst by saying, Be silent and come out of him. And this unclean spirit comes out really loud. There's convulsing. And all are amazed by this new teacher with such power and authority. And from here, Jesus' fame begins to spread. This is Jesus' first public moment in the Gospel of Mark. It is really shocking. And yet for Mark, it tracks. When Jesus is baptized by John, the sky is ripped apart. Jesus has not come to keep things the way they are, the way they have always been. He's come to shake things up, rip things apart, break open rules and boundaries that oppress and harm. Jesus has come to teach, but he's also come to act. Every moment is precious, and there's no time to mess around. This scene is like something out of a fantasy movie. But Jesus has come to kick evil's butt, destroy demons, and change lives, and bring healing and hope to people who have been outcast and oppressed and possessed by way too much junk for way too long. 
And while we do have gifts of modern medicine today, this message is still powerful. God has something to say about all the ways that evil takes over our lives and hearts and spirits. Like we all confess this morning to one another, we are captive to sin. We are captive to thinking we know better than God. We are stuck in our addictions to money and screens and sugar. We believe the lies of scarcity and depression and loneliness and apathy. We think only of ourselves at the expense of others. We are helpless against the forces of evil in our world, especially the forces that bring violence towards our neighbors. And yet today, Jesus, in the midst of these loud, overwhelming voices that disrupt God's way of life for us, Jesus proclaims, be silent. You have no place here. While the ways of sin and evil are huge and messy and can feel twisted and massive and overwhelming, here at the beginning of the Gospel of Mark, we are reminded that there is hope. For Jesus has come to wrestle with these shape-shifting voices and beasts. For in Jesus we are forgiven. We are loved, and there is no presence of evil that can take that from us. With the help of this superpower Holy Spirit, we can work towards a world that can be different. For you and for me, for the whole neighborhood and the whole world, The Salt Collective Commentary shares that the word salvation comes from the Latin word salvus, which means help. And in Mark, the idea of salvation isn't to give us a ticket to heaven someday, but it's rather to bring new help into our lives and communities today. For the sake of all people and the whole creation, the death-dealing forces around us must be confronted and ultimately overcome for our health. I think about this passage, and I'm reminded that sometimes health means doing something different, disrupting our normal patterns, perhaps even drastically. Recently, I went to the dentist. Yes, I know, full confession, it had been a little while no, you could blame, like, pregnancy, the whole moving across the country thing, and then I had this tiny human, you know, we all have our lists. It had been a while. And the dentist found four cavities, and I had to get my crown redone. Yeah, ouch. Well, I just had the final crown put back in this week, so I'm royalty again. Phew. Anyway, I hadn't noticed in all of the chaos of the last year how sensitive my teeth were when I was eating until the cavities were fixed. Cold things, sweet things. I hadn't realized I had been chewing in, like, weird ways to kind of compensate for these cavities. I was living with pain every time that I ate, and yet I was completely oblivious to it. I was numb. And yes, going to the dentist and getting these cavities filled was absolutely no fun. 
was actually so good to do. My body feels so much better now, and I'm attempting to floss more. You know, silver lining. In this story, we are reminded that Jesus has come to disrupt the pain we have become accustomed and numb to in order to bring about greater health and healing to our bodies and the bodies of our neighbors. And yes, sometimes this process is going to feel like going to the dentist. Sometimes this process hurts. But the bigger picture is healthier bodies, healthier communities, and a healthier planet. These things that hold us captive make us sick. So it is time to hear Jesus' voice and through all of these things. Remember that Jesus proclaims to those things, be silent. You have no place here. For dear ones, we are loved. We are forgiven. And God wants us to be healthy. I want to close today with one of my favorite prayers. It comes from the book Gorillas of Grace, and the pastor is Ted Loder. Let us pray together. Oh, persistent God, deliver me from assuming your mercy is gentle. Pressure me that I may grow more human, not through the lessening of my struggles, but through an expansion of them that will undam me and unbury my gifts. Deepen my hurt until I learn to share it and myself openly and my needs honestly. Sharpen my fears until I name them and release the power I have lost in them and they in me. Accentuate my confusion until I shed those grandiose expectations that divert me from the small glad gifts of the now and the here and the me. Expose my shame where it shivers, crouched behind curtains of propriety, until I can laugh at last at my common frailty and failure. Laugh together our way to becoming whole. Oh, God, deliver us from just going through the motions and wasting everything we have, which is today, a chance, a choice, our creativity, your call. Oh, persistent God, let how much it all matters pry us off dead center. So if we are moved inside to tears or sighs or screams or smiles or dreams, they will be real. And we will be in touch with who we are, and who you are, and who our siblings are. Amen.